Ethics Radio, WCPX, 66.6 years of your life. With me, your host, your cellmate, your escape to freedom, Django Nudo. And me, the smart peddler behind bars. <laughs> Where you should be, indeed. Yep. Serving time for yeah, crimes against good taste. Always. <laughs> I think that's what Cold Pig's all about. So we're slightly behind on the schedule. Apologies, life intruded. And you had an exciting film project, Smart Peddler, which we're not going to reveal too much about. Are we going to tease it a little? Mm, yeah, well, I can tell you that my my name is now in, in the <clears throat> credits of a film as written and directed by. So pretty darn proud of that. Yes. And, you know, shot, edited, um, scripted by this, you know, this this was a big undertaking. So I think well excused for having, you know, been focused on that and other things. Yeah, but but it, it's going to be, um, well, it will be revealed for sure in mid-May. Um, so we, we can come we can come back to that. It, it might eventually uh, affect the. Uh, Yep. in a very positive way. So. All right, that's enough mm. of a tease. Now, yep. while you were doing that, um, we also managed to squeeze out a, another theme week, which was the 1980s VHS Rewind. Now, as it happened, funnily enough, that same week, I went to a charity shop here in Sweden and discovered that you cannot sell old VHS tapes. They are giving them away. Um, I, I literally picked up you know, a bunch of them. So um, Beverly Hills Cop 3, shot by our favorite oh. Mike, Mike Alberg. Yeah. Um, falling Down, these are the mainstream ones. And then a whole bunch of uh, trashy, the kind of films that probably we would have on cold picks, um, put out by a company called Razzle Video, which I vaguely mm, recall. Yeah. I mean, these look vaguely soft porn, but I think they did harder stuff as well in in yeah, Sweden. Yeah. And another one called Juklansnat. Anyway, um, great fun. And we thought, you know, because we had a, access to a private collection of these um, VHS. So we thought, oh, why not? Why not do a bit of a mixed bag? And these are the films that film history forgot. As far as we know, uh, they haven't put, been put out on even on DVD, let alone Blu-ray or, or streaming mm. services. And some of them aren't bad. Yeah, you know, there's some trashy. No, I watched a few of them. They're pretty darn funny, and I mean, many of them are knockoffs of of something of else, course, yeah. and it's it's just so much fun to watch. And it reminded me of when we had the Kit and Natividad season, and we had the um, yeah. you know Patrol Night and whatever they were called, and uh, they're fun. They're really good little time trick back to the '80s and the kind of humor. So, I think we have a few more of those planned for the future. As well as we made a discovery of an amazing um, Swedish horror film from the 80s, which yeah. I hadn't come across. And I'm going to look into that, too. Yeah. And also, I mean, these films are I, I love the fact that we can proudly say they are not in by any means in high definition. <laughs> or 4K. Mm, Mastered from exactly. glorious VHS. Exactly. You, what you see is what yes. you get. If you don't like the quality, adjust your tracking. <laughs> exactly. But the main theme of um, the past few weeks was when we finally got around to one of our favorite genres, which is the women in prison. 
Indeed. And what a rich vein of film sets. I was thinking there are so many genres for male prison films. You know, you got the, the, the series dramas, you got the kind of sitcom comedies, um, but women in prison kind of stands out. And, mm. and there's always a bunch of tropes. There's always recurring uh, themes that pop up in, in all of them. I thought we could... You could do a kind of a bingo chart and hmm. see if yeah. how well a film adheres to these kind of cliches that pop up. So the first one's obviously there has to be a sadistic and or lesbian warden of the prison. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. These are no touchy-feely, you know, rehabilitation and understanding compassion for the convicts. Um, next up, what would you propose... Uh, should be included in women in prison film. Well, well, you should always have the the uh, tugging of hair and scratching, i.e., the cat fight scene. Of course. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, could be ripping of clothes, an excuse for nudity, mm. and and definitely yep. excuse for violence in the prison yard. Definitely. Uh, almost as important is the shower scene. Yeah, and this, in this case, this is the scene where you want them to drop the soap. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Right. You do, yes. You know, well, I, actually, I'm going to refrain from another soap joke there. So, yeah. Uh, closely tighted, although sometimes usually before that, is the strip search scene. Usually humiliation yep. upon arrival and, you know, lost shreds of civilian life are brutally torn away um, to be exposed to the sort of naked frailty. Definitely. And, um, of course, there's always uh, the scene where there's, you yeah, know, Female solidarity, you know, there's a bit of a bonding, not so much bondage yeah. of, you know, tough cookie taking newbie under her wing kind of thing. It's important. And then, of course, uh, not always, but a lot of the, the breakout scenes, yes. you know, <clears throat> we have to get out of jail. And uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it, it's it's uh, it's so fun to just, you know, X off all of these mm. things because they are, they are recurrent themes. Yes. They are. And I was looking for trying to find a guest for the podcast so we can have talk about this. But, you know, trying to find an expert and you Google, you know, interview women in prison films or prison film expert. It only comes up with people who know about actual women in actual prisons, not yeah, yeah. exploitation versions. Yeah. And this is very, very much far from reality, I would it say. Is. So why don't we start off with the films and we'll start off with a few fairly earnest and yet Still, still, still very exploitation-flavored. Uh, these were mm. two made-for-television movies uh, from the United States. And don't think that just because they are, you know, for TV, uh, that they're in any way soft or less than very exploitative or controversial, as indeed was the mm. first one. So we have Born Innocent, which released on September the 10th in 1974, and it was shown on uh, NBC, uh, world premiere movies, and it starred none other than our perennial favorite, Linda Green Puke Blair. Yeah, amazing. And she did a bunch of, 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 of women in prison films, I think. She did, especially in the 80s. She got stuck in mm. the genres. I think she did two yeah. or even three ones. And I'll see if we can get those on Cold Picks 2 one day because they're good fun as well but this one it's amazing this one is in many ways probably you know the most intense so she did it not long after um the exorcist 
and um, it, it's a movie about the kind of um, horrible s physical, psychological, and sexual abuse um, teenage girls undergo. So Linda Blair is a kind of a, a runaway from an abusive home who gets into trouble one too many times and ends up being sent to a correctional institution. And um, what's it's notorious for is there's a very graphic scene uh, in the shower where uh, she's effectively assaulted by her fellow inmates and uh, they use a plunger handle to, shall we say, violate her in the communal mm. shower. Now, considering, of course, you don't actually see anything, it's all very much implied, but it's still a very, very intensive scene. Especially for TV. And especially considering that she's supposed to be playing a 14-year-old and she oh. was only 16 at the time. Oh, my God. So still baby cheeks. and <coughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's why they cut it out in uh, DVD releases after that. Although the film doesn't make much sense unless you've actually, um, you know, seen what happens in the shower that then traumatizes her so much. Um, so that's often the case with censorship, isn't it? They 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 remove the, the essentials. Yeah, yeah, and it's you know therefore sensationalist for a reason. Um, it's got a lot of good actors in it. Uh, Joanna Miles is her compassionate teacher. Richard Jekyll uh, is her abusive father. And um, it is it is interesting also from a historical perspective because uh, obviously a lot of people became very unhappy with the film, especially the rape scene. It was mm -hmm. criticized by the National Organization for Women, the New York Rape Coalition. There is such a thing. Uh, gay and lesbian rights organization um, and um, something called the Lesbian Feminist Liberation, which dismissed the film, stating, quote, men rape, women don't. And it was considered propaganda against lesbians. So if that doesn't make you want to watch it, I don't know what will. Uh, it did also lead to the introduction of the Family Viewing Hour on NBC. So uh, during this period, at least for the first hour, you should be able to watch something with your children and not be confronted with a shower lesbian Right. Rape, scene. rape scene yeah, yeah. my god but linda blair herself she thought that it had a positive outcome because it made it easier for rape survivors to come forward that was her take yes. on it and i think that's a very fair assessment so mm, yeah would not question her and oh and by the way did i ever tell you about my meeting with linda blair yeah wasn't it you and christina at a convention yeah yeah um, did we talk about it on the, on the podcast? <laughs> it's a good anecdote. It's worth repeating again. Yeah, for I can't remember. It. But yeah, so so uh, Christina Lindberg and myself, we were at the uh, sci-fi convention in Malmö, Sweden. And Linda Blair was one of the guests. And there was a gala dinner with, with some other famous people. Uh, and um, Linda Blair left, ran out crying because the waiter couldn't say if the food was vegetarian or vegan. Yeah. That was a big deal. Of for course, her. yes. So the the uh, the guy who arranged the whole thing, he had to run after and uh, you know fix her some some vegan food in her hotel room. Afterwards. It would have been more fun to feed her saying it is, and then telling her, "Oh, sorry, we made a mistake," and then watch her recreate the famous exorcist scene. That could be a, a, a pistachio <laughs> vomit scene. Yes, for sure. Um, well, having talked so much about the shower rape scene, for those faint of heart, 
who might not want to watch it, let's play it and listen to it. Um, sensitive listeners are advised discretion. Two years before this film, there was another made-for-television film which also tackled women in prison and had a lot of the same tropes that we heard about before and a very great central performance. So this is Women in Chains. I have to get this strange because we've got a few films called It's Women in Chains, Girls in Chains, <laughs> Women in Cages. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the titles are so similar. It's scary. Yeah, I don't know about girls in cages, but pretty much everything else yeah. is like, yeah, mix it up, shake it up, get a great catchy title to pull them in. Yeah. So this was Women in Chains from 1972, and it was an ABC movie of the week um, about a parole officer who decides to go undercover in a women prison to find out the kind of you know terrible things happening there, um, the kind of brutality. Uh, and helpfully, she goes in undercover and she only tells one other person about the fact that she's going in undercover to um, you know this prison. Nobody else knows. They all think that she's a you know convict there for a long, long time. So, what could possibly go wrong in a situation like that? <laughs> Exactly, yeah. It, it it has all the the makings of you. You know what's going to happen, probably. Yeah. But in uh, the lead as the brutal prison guard Claire Tyson, we have the wonderful, wonderful Ida Lupino. Yeah, is it Ida Lupino? Ida, I think. I'm not sure. You say Ida, I but say it's Ida. yes, it's a one, wonderful actress, and also was a, a one of the very few and a very talented director in Hollywood. She was and back in the day, um, and and she'd made some great films. And I I wonder if maybe you know the film would have been even better if she had directed it rather than Bernard mm, Kowalski. Yeah. But uh, as it happened, uh, seventeen years earlier, she had played a very similar role in um, another another film called Oh, I'm losing my track here. Um, women's prison. Women's women's prison. Yeah, it was as simple as yeah. that. And um, so interesting to see her repeat and compare and contrasting you know these two yeah. roles um having said uh, having slagged off poor bernard kowalski who directed it he did do some other great um exploitation genre films he did night of the blood beast and s that's seven yeah. s's or is it eight yeah. is that someone peeing or is it a snake <laughs> a snake okay thank you so um, effectively, it's pretty much, as reviewers have told you, a, a mix of Ida Lupino's original Women's Prison and, of course, the classic Beyond a Reasonable Doubt, which is yeah. that, you know, what happens if you pretend to go undercover in a jail and you don't tell too many people about it. You know, Robert Redford was smarter in Brubaker. You know, kind of, you know, had a more limited time period before he reveals himself as the actual warden. Yeah, but it's a nice trope. I've seen it in, in a in a bunch of different films, I think. It, and also, you can you can end up on the wrong side of, of a door in a in a lunatic asylum as well. That's also a yes. Kind of oh yeah, a true. Thing. No, no, no. I'm not crazy. <laughs> That's yeah, what they all say. Exactly. <laughs> I'm undercover. <laughs> I'm really I'm really a doctor. <laughs> you really? listen to me. 
Oh, good one. Uh, yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. It works. So, um, again, what's unique about you watch these prisons, and unlike um, I heard something about on the radio this morning, incarceration, you know, rarely in American prison these days, which incarcerate its population five times the rate of the rest of the world, you rarely see a, you know, um, shitbird white face. But in these films, you know, the ethnic minorities are few and far between. It's a, mm. it's a lily white prison that they're sent to. <laughs> My girls are special. These girls follow my rules. She's got to be stopped. Put yourself in prison. You'll need a whole case, documentation, witnesses. You'll have to stay alive long enough to get it. Ida Lupino, Lois Nettleton, Jessica Walter. Women in Chains. I don't know if it's because Americans have a record number of Americans locked up in prisons that they have a record amount of women in prison films as well. They they dominate this as well. Yeah. yeah. But there are a handful of uh, non-American women in prison films. And we were very lucky to get our hands on a odd little Asian women in prison film. Yeah, this is actually one of the f- favorites of this theme week for me. I, I, I think it's so exciting. It's just such a strange mashup. So the name of it yeah. is, which seems to combine two titles, Great <laughs> Escape from Women's Prison, 1976. Yep. And I'm not quite sure of the origin of it. We know that there's it, there's South Korea, definitely. There could be a bit of Hong Kong, and it may have originated in Taiwan. And the <laughs> same goes for the, the actual film uh, scan itself. It seems to be edited together from the best available elements yeah uh, bits so suddenly you get dialogue popping up in subtitles which wasn't there before and the quality changes markedly but you know this yeah and, and the most mind-boggling thing is that the uh, sometimes the the english dubbed dialogue and the english subtitles underneath don't match no. <laughs> it's like they have different names and 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 they say different things so but again this was always a part of perennial part of the grindhouse experience you know yeah. you went and saw a very scratchy print in in a theater with sticky floors and the sound might work the speakers might work you know the dialogue might be in sync the reels might be in order then again they might not true 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 story oh and just a side story uh, when there was a screening of a, a Tarkovsky film at the Cinematheque in Stockholm, uh, the projectionist um, loaded the reels in the wrong order and no one noticed <laughs> the difference. It might have improved it. <laughs> it was just like, oh, it's such, it has this dreamlike quality. <laughs> exactly. So many so many art house films could be improved or made more <laughs> interesting last year, Marie and Bad. Definitely. Yeah, I'm you know. sorry, that was a side, it's side a, story. Um, so... Back to Great Escape from Women's Prison. Um, so it's a Korean family that opposes Japanese invaders, occupiers. The mother and the daughter get thrown into a prison camp and subjected to, I'd say, mildish torture. Kind, kind of, kind of lame. Yeah, <laughs> lame Japanese in terms of of, of sadism. Yes, which famously can take much harsher forms. But here is, you know, a bit of. Um, Damp waterboarding, uh, some finger cracking torture, and um, other oddities. Um, so, when they 
become more closer to the camp commandant, uh, and he picks up one of them, uh, female ones, you know, gives a pair of um, sexy stay-up stockings, which, of course, he had in 1910 or whenever this was. Yeah, of course. Uh, and the final breakout, um, you know, isn't... Not so great. Not, not really that great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's still a fun film, and it's yeah. you know it's it's one of those you should watch just for the the sheer you know, authenticness of of the grindhouse experience of watching a foreign dubbed women in prison film. Right, where's your husband? Stop! I I don't know. Don't you? Won't talk. I know that you're smart. Tell me where your husband is, and I'll see that you're not prosecuted. We now go way back in time to 1943. At the height of the war, uh, Edward Edgar Ulmer turned out the um, very uh, lovingly titled Girls in Chains. Those titles are really interchangeable, aren't they? Yes. It's like... Keep them part. They're all like snakes on a plane. <laughs> it's yeah. It it doesn't need any more explanation than that. Mm. So and I think we've had some other films on cold picks as well, which you know locked up girls. But but yeah, not so much chains as a county correction school for mm. quote unquote tough girls. Yeah. Did they seem very tough to you? I. Not really, not by today's standards, but maybe they were like juvenile delinquents I think, back yeah, in the they day. They come across what the way they as look. more sassy, and mm. yeah, um, I, I think the um, cover described them as tough as nails as jitterbug queens. Yeah. Um, although, on the other hand, the female guards, um, very fetching uniforms. It's like something Hugo Boss designed for the SS. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the work matron's hair even is very bright. Of Frankenstein has having this sort of white streak through it. That's cool. So, yeah, is that an homage um, from Ulmer? It would have been yes, because Bride of Frankenstein <coughs> would have been earlier. So it, it could. Yeah, have. yeah. And Ulmer know his, knew his shit. Sure. I mean, sure. he obviously most people know him for Detour, which he did two years yeah. later. Um, but he also directed uh, Bella Lugosi and Boris Karloff in Black Cat, uh, Daughter of Dr. Jekyll, oh. The Amazing Transparent Man, which yeah. we have on Cult We actually have th three of his films on Culpix. We also have Blue yes. and Detour. So, you know, adds to the Ulmer um, canon. Verse. Ulmer <laughs> verse. <laughs> Let's start it right Sorry. here. Um, so it's fun to see what 1940s ideas of women in prison were like. Um, it was probably the studio was Producers Releasing Corporation, which was one of the Poverty Row studios that we have several mm. of. And it probably took all of five days to shoot this classic. Um, however, Love it. Ulmer did later say that Girls in Chains was, quote, a gigantic money success for this very cash-strapped company. And as much as mm. Ulmer was a great director and you know added his deft touches to the making of it, it probably, the title of the film, could have had something to do with the lines at the box office. Yes, it, it probably sold on that account. And I think that's the interesting thing when we're talking about the different genres that we are presenting here, that they are all 
made for like money grabbing it's like what is you know what what, what would titillate the audience mm. right now well women in prison because it implies a lot of the tropes we talked about yes. and and uh, there are the genres like that so that that's that's the beauty of exploitation it's like it's a it's a wet finger in the air to find out you know yeah. what could go down with the audience right and now. we haven't even touched upon the fact that many of them were women in tropical prisons there are a couple oh, yeah. of brazilian films we're trying to get our hands on which does that but a few ones we're going to come to as well so uh before we do that let's listen to the tough girls and you know what they sound like when they're talking tough <laughs> Who that? Johnny Moon. Get on, go on. That was Females in Bondage, or something like that. A variation of infinitely yeah, usable yeah. titles and now we're coming to what you were talking about the uh, hotter climates in two films yes talk us into the jungle well <clears throat> first of all we have a um, roger corman production swamp women mm. from 1956 so it's pretty pretty early and starring some pretty fun actresses like beverly garland and mary windsor and um it's in louisiana so uh, not not in South America, but we're, we're getting there slowly but surely. And uh, there's double cross, there's murder, there's alligators. And uh, yeah, the, the tropes we're used to. And uh, I think the most famous thing about it is um, um, an actress got bitten by a, by a real snake. And uh, Corman's only comment to that was, so you got bitten by a snake. Big deal. Yeah. True Corman style, and yep. you know, he was never one to waste money on on stunt doubles or fake snakes. So you just get with the program when you're on a Roger Corman shoot. Well, you're probably the finest policewoman I've ever known. Thank you, sir. You're right, and your plan's right. Josie Nardo and those other girls are bound to know where the diamonds are. Of course they do. So if we put you in prison, you escape with the Nardo girls, you'll know where the diamonds are. I like Swamp Women, although the title to me makes me think that it should be something like the Swamp Thing. You don't think of a sort of scantily clad women running around the swamp. It's more... It's true. Still. Um, Maybe we should do a Swamp Weep week sometime well we're gonna do uh the canyon week what's the name of the the famous one in, in los angeles that's been a stand-in for- oh yeah 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 we were talking about the, yes yeah so there there could be some geographical places as theme weeks as i well, know for sure it's not desperation it's geography kids mm, exactly <laughs> no it's fun um staying in the tropics i realize i think we actually we've got three films but mm, um yeah. the next one is a new one and it's Women of Devil's Island, 1962. Yeah, and, it's it, and it's Italian. Yes, not American. Yep. But um, still an interesting one, not least because this, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the same Devil's Island where Papillon um, spent Yes, time. indeed. It's a, is it the French Guiana? I think so. I yes. think, yeah, yeah. Rather nasty penal colony. And, you know, this film is pretty. Um, the things the poor female prison have to do are not pretty. No. 
And I think we have to quote the uh, something weird video liner notes saying uh, it's a nice blend of whippings, molestation, lechery, cleavage, long legs and soaking wet costumes. Mm. I tell you, life at Devil's Island was tough. <laughs> yeah. And so this is, uh, I think this is uh, more of a, of a historical film, a costume drama. And uh, it's uh, French prostitutes and political prisoners who have uh, lead a rough life mm. um, in the in the in the prison, and they are also stuck between the rock a rock and a hard place because it's both both the the uh, the guards and then pirates on top of that. Yes, and I'm glad that whatever happens to them, you know, their hair stays always perfectly beautifully coiffed, um, so you wouldn't want messed up hair. And it, yeah, it's that that's like a sixties phenomenon. It was the same with the cave girl theme. Yes, that's true. Uh it's wonderful cheesecake in a historical setting. Um pirates, prison guards, you know, beautiful maidens. What more could you ask for? And the fact that it, it is Italian, I think, gives it that little extra Vavavoom quality of, of exploitation yep. films at the time. Henry Henry Martin, get this robot off me. Get all the women together. Tell them to bring all the guns and ammunition they can find. But hurry! Come with me. Milano. Let's get over here. So going from a film about women in prison with big budget, spectacular sets, lots of wonderful costumes, you know, reasonably good dialogue and, and probably an actual catering budget... We go to a film that had none of these, we ventured to guess. But it had, did have a gay t- great, great title, Caged Women. Yeah. 1970. Directed by... Mr. Anonymous himself. We don't know. They couldn't even afford it. No, it's this so interesting that there... I mean, we talk about B-movies and even Z-movies, but then we have a completely different set of films where you don't even know who made them. It is. It, it even Which is strange, because even porn films get... Usually, you know, the name gets mentioned of the yeah. director. Yeah. And here we've had this week, but also... Sorry, this week we've had more films, which is, no spoiler, biker films... And again, mm. a few of them, the authorship of which is a mystery to us and we do not cannot know. be found yeah. on IMDb. No, for sure. And it's very hard to find, you know, photos and posters as well. So it's, yeah. I mean, that's kind of exciting to me to, to, to find these very low budget films. Mm. And, and as, as always, also, as, as something weird says, looks like it was shot in someone's home, basically. Now, having yourself just become a, a director of somebody written and directed by Smut Pella, is this a film that you would put your name on if it was you who was behind the camera? Probably not. I think there's a reason why there's no director. It's very much Alan Smithy. Yeah. So very much Alan Smith. So yeah. women thrown into different um, cells in a jail, which looks more like somebody's home, um, and usual kind of tough guards. Um, and I also love the fact that it, it probably has one of the most clumsy um, soixante-neuf sixty-nines in mm. film history between uh, two women. Um, and of course, there's forcibly um, lesbianization by uh, evil guards. It's, it's. I think sleazy is the word. 
Definitely, yeah. And also, this has another trope that we didn't talk about, and that's of course the male guards, yes, who who are, are abusing the, the the inmates, and and also with the wardens, you know, basically looking away or encouraging it. Yes, actual males, so not as fun as all female ones, but makes it obviously mm. not more harrowing. <laughs> good music indeed much better than probably anything else in that film and staying with the theme of great music in uh, women imprisoned films we have sweden's one and only contribution to the genre sort of sort of yeah exactly i was just thinking that we we do have another Swedish film where, where it's not the main theme, but girls without rooms, Flamman, ah, where point. there's a you know a ju- juvie, yes. um, you know one of those places, um, just a couple of scenes, but uh, it's kind of interesting mm. that, that that also pops up. No, the Katona from 1965 or the Cats is actually about um, well, it's a it's a very very woman uh, dominated film about women working in in a, a laundromat. Not one of those classic ones, but uh, where you leave your laundry and and pick it up later. And um, this, I think, there's only one man in the whole cast, and he's just yes. there for a few minutes. As far as I can remember, it's it's sixteen women, and there's there's mm. steaminess, there's catfight scratches, you know, there's lesbian overtones. It ticks pretty yeah. much all the boxes, except f- technically they're not locked in; they're just stuck in a really shitty job. And yeah. um, it's it's a great film. It's it's one of the best I think in our collection. And Definitely. Uh, and it has it also has I mean many of the tropes from women in prison films. Even the Wicked Warden, oh, which yeah. is like the boss. Yeah. And given the time and given the setting, I, I hate to bring up the, the the B name, but you know it's a sort of film. Except it's better than that. That you would have mm. thought that Ingmar would have made. Um, yeah. yeah, but it wasn't. It was Definitely. Henning Carlson. Yeah, and it, it, it has some of, of Bergman's stars in it as well. Yeah, so but but much much better. I trying to remember. I don't think we have English subtitles of it. I think we've searched for it. I think we're working on it. Yeah, I think yes. I think we actually have translated it now, and we do have the English, uh, you know, text list. So it's just a matter of technically putting it in. Yeah, there. yeah. So apologies again for not being able to watch it unless you speak hurdy gurdy. Um, but it is coming, and, and when it does, it will be worth it because it is a real little gem of a film, whether it's mm. technically a, a whip film or not. Yeah, and then the, the biggest claim to fame of the film is, of course, that the the score was composed by Krzysztof Komeda. Indeed, who was Roman Polanski's favorite composer and did a lot of jazz yeah. stuff. I mean, some of it really avant-garde, but... Yeah, we're, and the score is really avant-garde, I would say, to yes. this. We're not going to play the score now. In fact, we're going to outro uh, with the score, but um, without subtitles, why don't we play a clip of the dialogue? You gjorde det med lilla mig. Det har berättat. Det är en fräck insinuation. 
Tala vanlig svenska, fru Aleus. Vad gör hon här bland oss? Varför nedlåter sig en så fin dam att blanda sig med oss enkla arbetarskor? Kan du väl begripa? Luktar ju fröntimmer här. Sluta nu. Vi ska hålla oss till saken. Next up, we have a trio of uh, women in prison films which have already been on Cult Picks and we have discussed them in previous podcasts in various contexts mm. and theme weeks. So yeah. we're not going to go too deep, rewind and listen to the old po- podcast to get the brilliant insights about them. But we'll we'll name check them and run through them anyway. Yeah, And I mean, they represent different strands of, of the big family tree of women in prison films, I think. I think that's Because first point. of all, you have... Yeah, thank you. First of all, we have the women in a harem. Mm. And, 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 and you can definitely find that in other films. Like, for instance, you know, Ilsa, Harmkeeper of the Oil Sheets. Yes. Um, but here we have the Lustful Turk from 68. And um, well, it's it's also a historical setting about women in a harem. Yes, and again, speaking of films with no budget and films with high budget, I think this one purported to be the the highest budget adult film ever made at its time. Yeah, I'm sure exactly. that private media group blew that budget out of the water in the 90s. But in 1968, mm. it was very lavish in terms of costume sets and so on. Sure. Uh, directed by the great Byron Mabe and uh, yeah. produced by, if you're looking for the podcast where we discuss it, it's David F. Friedman. Indeed. Which is also the case with the next film. Love Camp 7, 1968, a film that needs no introduction. No, and this also exits off another one of the different branches of the family tree. Which is the Nazi exploitation women in prison. Exactly, yeah. And there's a bunch of those. Yes, and what's extra fun, I think we mentioned it, is the fact that uh, Bob Cressley, the producer, you know, loved it so much that he inserted himself into it as a sadistic camp commander. Yes, and uh, I mean, just his performance is worth the whole ticket. Exactly, and and of course, um, not forgetting David F. Friedman, wearing, proudly wearing himself. the Nazi uniform. Absolutely. Proud. And seeing that this is a, a Lee Frost film, is there any whipping, Smart Peddler? There is always, always whipping, especially when Lee Frost and Dave Friedman are both involved. <laughs> and I would say Bob Cressy is there. It's up there as well. Yes. Yeah. So the film that has it all, um, the no. film that launched the Nazi exploitation genre and very much belongs in the women in prison camp of film categories. Yes. For sure. No clip needed. No. And we've mentioned uh, that it's tropical, and this is, in fact, the third one. Actually, Lustful Turk could probably... Well, not tropical, but hot. Um, yeah. Black Mama, White Mama, 1973. This is when they actually get to escape, the thing we talked about. Not all women in prison films, but they make a run for it here, and it's successful, too, with the great Pam Greer. Yeah. And this was part of our black exploitation theme, and which is good that we were able to get you know both genders represented in the black exploitation. So this is two women mm. um, making a run from it from a um, unspecified tropical prison. It's only known as the island, but of course it was shot in the Philippines because Roger Corman discovered a new country where he could make films cheaply and lots and lots of them. So. Yep. Um, he got Pam Grier there, and she did also several other films for him in the Philippines. 
Yeah, and I also think she had. I think she had the same same problem as they did in Swamp Women that she got sick during the the shoot and he didn't really care. Yeah, not the best working condition. You'd think that you know it, the word would spread in in the female acting community that working with Roger Corman is no picnic. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, his other films, of course, included um, The Big Dollhouse and The Big Birdcage, which one day I'm sure we'll get on cold picks. But for now, yes, hope, hopefully. Yeah. Black Mama, White Mama is definitely one to enjoy. Yeah. Has that reached us the bottom of the barrel of selection Indeed. for this time? Yeah, I think so. Um, before we end, and we're going to do the Cometa music, in case we get this out in time and in case you are listening to it, you know, the moment it comes out, we've got a Reptilicus screening coming up. Yes, indeed. On on Sunday at the Clara Biografen in Stockholm at the Culture House, we are screening a Reptilicus. So please be there and, and you'll hear me introduce it. And we're showing films in other parts of Sweden as well, or we will be more and more. Yes, indeed. And we, we actually debuted in Malmö just two days ago, also with Reptilicus. Mm. At Biospegeln, so uh, very happy about that. We are we are doing a bunch of screenings in Sweden um, this season, and and we will probably expand into other countries um, as we go yes, along. Yes, and we're trying for thirty five as well. So, yeah. Um, but kids, that's all for this time. As always, I tend to forget to please rate us, review us, give us five stars or one star. Um, whatever you think of it, wherever it is that you get this podcast. And thank you for listening. And thank you for those who are also members of Cold Picks. Not all of our listeners are. Some of us just enjoy the sound of our voice and the pearls of wisdom that we string onto this necklace that is Cold Picks Radio episode. Absolutely. Yeah. So shall we uh, listen to Christoph Komeda and uh, a song? It's not a song, but a tune from uh, Katona and the Cats. Yes, perfect way to end this. This has been Cold Picks Radio, WCPX 66.6. With me, your host, Django Nudo. And the Smart Peddler. And to all you in prison listening to this, you know, keep digging away. You'll make a break for it sooner or later.